Hello and welcome into another episode of Locked on Wolves. Today on the show, recapping the Wolves-Hawks game and key takeaways from Wednesday's Wolves lost to the Hawks in Las Vegas. Also, Josh Minot continues to impress Leonard Miller. And DJ Carton, to me, has been the biggest surprise and I will break down the players who played the best, the players who were a little bit underwhelming and what happened to Wolves-Hawks Wednesday. It's all coming on the show. Welcome in. You are Locked on Wolves. You are Locked on Timberwolves. Your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. Happy Thursday, everybody, and a big thank you for making Locked On Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, this show is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms, wherever you like to listen to podcasts. You can find this one. You can also watch on the Locked On Sports Minnesota app on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV. This show and all the other Locked On Minnesota podcasts. More great local sports coverage 24-7, and it's free. Download the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app today, again, on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV. Also, you can follow on Twitter at Lockdown T-Wolves. And on my account, which is at B-Beacon, that's with two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. If you're watching on YouTube or in the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app, you can see I'm in a bit of a different location today. This is not permanent, just today and tomorrow. But uh, yeah, so just a, a, a bit of a different backdrop for the show here today. Um Today, I want to talk about Wolves-Hawks from Wednesday, and then, of course, the Wolves also play Thursday, so that'll be Friday's show, uh, but to kind of get you ready for Thursday night, and also just kind of resetting where we're at three games into this Vegas adventure for the Wolves. They're very, uh, I would say, unlikely or possibly even eliminated from being part of that final tournament in Vegas because they're now one and two after losing to the Hawks, but it was a good game on Wednesday. It was actually, I thought, the most entertaining start-to-finish performance or, I, I guess, contest the Wolves have been in in Vegas to this point. Um, this was a, I didn't even really talk about game flow with the last two because it's not a typical post game pod. Vegas games are riddled with turnovers, sloppy play, weird rotations, all the above. Um, and sure, there were still a lot of turnovers. I think combined, there were like 34 turnovers between the two teams, between the Hawks and the Wolves. But this was kind of a fun game. Um, it was, I think it was 2020 at the end of the first quarter. The Wolves got down by quite a bit at one point, middle of the game, second quarter ish. And then in the third quarter, the Wolves staged this furious comeback that was just this kind of suffocating defense, turning defense into offense, a ton of dunks, um, lots of impressive transition play from a, a bunch of guys we'll talk about here in a minute. And then in this in the fourth quarter, it was kind of all about um, uh, Tyrese Martin, who was a, a second round pick last year. Uh, the Hawks acquired him last summer, uh, draft night or right after the draft from Golden State. Martin played a handful of games for the Hawks in the in the uh, NBA, but was primarily in the G League last year. And he was dominant in the fourth quarter, like really, really dominant. And the reason the Hawks won, finished with 25 points on 15 shots, was really, really good late in the fourth quarter. For the first three quarters, though, I thought the best player on the floor for the Hawks was Seth Lundy. And he's a player, if you listen to the show regularly a few weeks ago, I talked about him as one of my favorite second round targets for the Wolves. And obviously the Wolves traded up to get Leonard Miller before Lundy went. And I like Leonard. Ultimately, I didn't think Leonard Miller would be on the board for the Wolves to try and get. I thought there was a chance Lundy would be there in the 50s when the Wolves had their actual pick um, coming into the draft. But Lundy was gone in between there somewhere. And he was very good. Hit, hit hit like four of his first seven shots, all three pointers. Struggled a little bit late, but even tried to get to the basket a little bit. Um, he was he was fun to watch and uh, I think is an NBA player. So 
uh, anyway, that that's kind of what happened late. It wasn't as much. The Wolves offense got pretty stagnant down the stretch, and that was kind of the biggest thing. Um, and so much of Summer League is just free-flowing offense, and usually teams are fairly evenly matched. If, if one team has a guy or two that gets hot or is just more athletic, like they'll, they could run away with it. Otherwise, a lot of times it's just back and forth, lots of transition scoring. And then late in the game, it's who can execute the best or who has the most talented or, um, I guess, which isolation, which players who are best at isolation can get hot at the end of a game. And that's basically what ended up happening late in this one when the Hawks pulled out the win. Uh, players to focus on, that's what I'll mostly do here today on the show, is kind of underscoring the guys who did the best. Wendell Moore Jr. still out. Um, he had the sore knee that caused him to miss Monday's game. He also missed Wednesday against the Hawks. Uh, you know, seems unlikely he'd play on on Thursday since he didn't even dress on Wednesday, but we'll see. Disappointing because he's, as a first-round pick from last year, somebody who I'm sure wanted to show a lot. Wolves fans wanted to see something from him. The coaching staff did, but of course, there's no reason to risk anything in Las Vegas Summer League. And otherwise, you know, still no Mateo Espanolo. He's been dealing with an injury. But otherwise, most of the same guys playing. DJ Carton got the start in this game. We'll talk a lot more about him. He actually led the team in minutes played. But let's start with the guys who, you know, everybody wants to know how they played. That's Josh Mina and Leonard Miller. We'll start with Minot because I think he's the closest to getting NBA rotation minutes. And Chris Finch has actually said as much in recent interviews too. Minot's numbers, only 12 points on six of 12 shooting, didn't do much at all early in this game. Only attempted one three, didn't get to the line, had eight rebounds, three steals, two blocks and an assist in this game. He also committed seven fouls. Remember, I think it's 10 fouls to be disqualified in, in Las Vegas Summer League. So not the typical six. Um, but... Uh, an overall strong performance from Josh Minot. What impressed me the most in this game was the half-court feel for him. There were a couple of kind of shortcuts he made where there would be a um, a ball handler with the ball on one side of the floor and Minot would get right to the center of the paint. It's a quick curl cut where he was getting himself open for a catch. He, he had a, at least one of those where he just missed right at the rim, but it was a really nice cut. His feel for where to be, and, and I said this coming into Summer League, the feel in the half court is one of the top things we're watching, right? It's jumper from the perimeter, which has not looked great. The point of attack defense, which has been a bit of a mixed bag. And the half court feel, which I believe has been really, really impressive for Josh Minot. Just knowing where to be and when. Late in, in game two, the loss on, I guess it was the Jazz on Monday. I talked about how he's really, really good for most of it. And then late in game two, he was just kind of try to do a little bit too much with the ball in his hands. And, and that isn't a great recipe for Josh Minot. Saw a little bit of that in this game again, too. Um, but for the most part, I thought it was a mixed bag of point of attack defense, did less with the ball in his hands and less in terms of jumpers, but good in the half court as a cutter, good finding the soft spots in the defense and just kind of sitting down and waiting for a pass. And then also activity on the offensive glass was really impressive, especially in the second quarter. Um, when Atlanta was trying to build a bit of a lead, there were a couple, I think it was consecutive possessions or two out of three possessions where Minick got an offensive rebound and a putback. And that's the that do-stuff ability I keep talking about on the show that the Wolves need as part of the rotation this year. And Josh Minick is the best place that they're going to get it. Or the best combination of size, skill, athleticism, and the ability to do all of those things. The offensive rebounding, 50-50 balls, um, steals, blocks, coming from the weak side to get help side, help blocks. Um, he had three steals and two blocks in this game. I mean, that that's exactly what we're looking for. And yeah, he fouled a ton and, and that's going to come with the territory. But he's also not a starter on this Wolves team. You'd rather have Josh Minot being the guy that flies around and does those things than Jade McDaniels. McDaniels is a, is a much, much better, you know, solid point of attack defender. But you need somebody with length and athleticism that can fly around, 
rack up stocks, rack up 50-50 balls, do the stuff that Jared Vanderbilt and Patrick Beverly did for this team a couple of years ago, and, and the team was sorely lacking this last season. And Josh Bynett has done that throughout Summer League. And 12-8 and eight isn't a super eye-popping stat line. And he did miss, even beyond the one that I referenced, he missed probably two or three bunnies at the rim that he should have made. And the jumper hasn't looked great either. But like those things are what are going to take him from a rotation guy to a starting caliber player, right? Or a, or a top of the rotation player. Right now, he's good enough at the offensive rebound, the 50-50 balls, and athletic enough and solid enough knowing where he needs to be um, that I would argue he's a better offensive player than Jared Vanderbilt right now. And, and and he's worthy of a spot in the rotation. Can he do some of the other stuff to increase his role moving forward? The Wolves don't necessarily need that this year because they've kind of shored up their depth with these other additions to kill Alexander Walker and Shake Milton and Troy Brown Jr. Yeah, they do need the do stuff ability. But for Minot in his career, if he could start to show that this year and be kind of a fringe rotation guy or an injury fill in for Chris Finch, then next year. That's when all this stuff has to come through, and he's got to elevate himself to a rotation role, almost the Torian Prince role from this last year, a, a, a combo kind of 3-4 that can come in and provide some energy defense and hopefully spot up shooting if that can develop a little bit for Josh Minot. But I thought he was really good in this game. Next, let's talk about Leonard Miller. Let's also talk about um, uh, DJ Carton, Brandon Williams, other players that I thought played well. First, though, let's talk about our title sponsors from today's show, and that is our friend's over at BetterHelp. Today's spot, today's show is sponsored by our friends at BetterHelp. And uh, it, trusting yourself to make decisions that align with your values is like anything. The more you practice it, the easier it gets. And, and frankly, um, when those decisions are taking care of your own health and well-being, sometimes that can be difficult. And I get that. I've, I've really struggled with that at times. And, and I think COVID back in 2020, I know we're three years past it, but I always go back to that as something that kind of helped center me and realize that, hey, I need to like make a cognizant decision to care for myself, my own well-being, think about myself sometimes. And frankly, that's not an easy choice to make. Sometimes in life, we're faced with tough choices and the path forward isn't always clear. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash NBA today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash NBA. A big thank you once again for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, every day is tomorrow. We'll talk about Thursday's summer league game, um, the Wolves' fourth game in Las Vegas. And then next week, we'll get right back into, I guess we'll wrap up summer league. We'll do key takeaways. Then we'll get into evaluating these offseason additions, a couple of conversations, hopefully upcoming with folks. We did the Lockdown Bucks kind of mini crossover on Wednesday. We'll talk a bit, uh, hopefully, Troy Brown Jr. next week with Lockdown Lakers, maybe some Shake Milton stuff. So lots to get to still as we kind of motor through this offseason. We're still five shows a week right now. So uh, be sure you're following and subscribed wherever you listen to podcasts. All right. Continuing the conversation from Wednesday's Wolves loss to the Hawks in Las Vegas Summer League. Uh, we talked about Josh Minot. Let's talk about Leonard Miller, of course, this year's number 33 overall pick and kind of the headliner for all the national broadcasts in Las Vegas when when it comes to Wolves games. And he put up a similar line to what he did in, in games one and two. 18.6 rebounds, shot 50% from the field, two of six outside the arc, a few more three-point attempts and not quite as much success in this game. Only two free throw attempts. He did have three blocks in this game, no steals. So pretty similar to what we saw in the first two games in terms of activity level. He maybe was a little bit less 
it was maybe a little less obvious that he was active in the offense. Like he wasn't as much a focal point as I felt like he was as much, certainly in game one and even as a little bit in game two. Um, still, he squeezed the trigger 14 times in 29 minutes. He tied for the team lead in field goal attempts with Brandon Williams. And I thought he like he had one kind of mid post turnaround jumper that just looked so smooth and his jumper smooth is not a word I would describe his jump shot, certainly not off the dribble, but the turnaround looked very comfortable and we saw him hit one from the left baseline in game two um, early in that game is I think his first shot attempt that was really impressive against Utah. So I, I don't know. It's strange that the turnaround jumper and, and who knows it's a small sample, obviously, but if the turnaround jumper is that comfortable for him. I got to hope that the spot up from outside the arc and even the pull up off the dribble from outside the arc becomes more comfortable for Leonard Miller because that's going to be important as he develops his NBA game. But another well-rounded game. He did a little better on in terms of glass work in this one. Two assists, three turnovers isn't great. Uh, we'd like to see a little bit more passing. He had one pretty poor pass that got a little fancy. I think he had maybe at least one or two solid, um, you know, kind of wow type passes. I just like, he just looks like one of the better players on the floor and has in all three of these. And again, it's well-rounded and that's the best way to describe what Leonard Miller does defensively. Very good, um, active, engaged, seems to know where to be all the time. We talked about his help defense after game two. And we saw that again in this one where he just knows to be in the right place at the right time. Um, and, and that's the type of player he is again, not going to be a rotation guy early in the season for the wolves, but that combination of the ability to do a little bit of everything, to be a jack of all trades. And I wouldn't even say he's a jack of all trades, master of none. Like he's pretty good in terms of on the glass, his overall defensive ability. Like there's going to be ways for him to get into games. I think he's going to have a better shot at finding rotation minutes and stepping up when there's injuries or illness or whatever during the season, rest nights, maintenance nights. I think he'll have a better shot at doing that than we saw Wendell Moore Jr. and Josh Minot last year. And we saw Minot do it in five or less games and Moore do it in maybe 10, 12 games, especially like back in November last year. But I think the Wolves will be quicker to call on Leonard Miller because he had that full year of G League experience and the level, apparently how mature he is, given the lack of experience that he has of playing high-level basketball, even including the G League last year. But how much he improved last season, the coachability, all the stuff we've talked about already on the show. We spent some time talking about it last week. Leonard Miller continues to show that. And again, the well-rounded game is perhaps the most impressive thing that will almost guarantee him um, kind of a leg up on some of these other guys getting a shot to play. Um, I thought the next most impressive player in this game was Brandon Williams once again. And it all like coming into summer league, if you go back to last, I think it would have been last Thursday. So a week ago's show, um, I, I previewed the guys on the summer league roster who weren't already on the Wolves roster, hadn't played for the Wolves in either the G League or at the NBA level or summer league previously. And Brandon Williams is one of them. Um, and by now, I'm sure many of you have heard the story. He worked, he worked, played for Portland two years ago at the end of the season when they were in kind of full tank mode after the Damian Lillard injury. Not this last season, but two seasons ago, he started a dozen and a half games or so, actually dropped 20 plus in a game, a big loss to the Wolves. And it's just kind of a high usage, a little bit of an undersized, um, generally not a great shooting point guard, poor defensively. And like as a scoring point guard, pretty good. Like, you know, you could argue for him being a third point guard at the NBA level, but I didn't know that he, I was worried about his efficiency and I was worried about his defense and I was worried about his command of an offense. Well, he's got command of an offense. The assist to turnover in this game wasn't great. The other day he was like seven assists, no turnovers. This game he was four and four. It's obviously not what you want, uh, but the shot has looked good, like solid and comfortable from the mid range, surprisingly comfortable from deep. In this game, he had 23 points on just 14 shots, eight of 14 shooting, 
Three of six outside the arc, four of six at the line. He added those four assists and three rebounds and a steal. He did have those four turnovers, but led the team with 23 points. And again, 14 shots is ultra efficient. Um, just well-rounded. Like I, I'd be surprised if he ends up with a with a two-way deal out of this thing. Because again, the Wolves have obviously Mike Conley, they've got Jordan McLaughlin under contract, and they've got other guys to initiate offense. Alexander Walker, Shake Milton, um, Anthony Edwards, obviously, I think will initiate some offense with the second unit specifically. Um, so, like, I don't know. I, I don't think Brandon Williams ends up on the Wolves, but like he spent all of last year in the G League. He It seems like there's a decent shot he ends up with the Iowa Wolves um, and kind of an emergency option for the Wolves. He, I was, I've been impressed with his with his uh, command of the offense and his calling his own shot at the right times, like hitting runners and um, just, you know, doing, doing the right stuff. I was worried that he would try and do too much and try and score too often um, and not be efficient enough. And, and we haven't really seen that, that that hasn't been a major issue in summer league thus far. I've been generally impressed with how Brandon Williams has played again. I don't know that that translates to anything other than possibly an opportunity with the Iowa wolves this year, but uh, certainly been one of the Wolves' best. I would say him, Miller, and mine have been the most consistent players. Uh, best slash most consistent. Um, even if the flashes aren't as impressive with Brandon Williams, the full package has been every bit as impressive, I think, as mine and Miller. It's just that role isn't as needed for Minnesota. And also undersized, high-usage point guard. It's not something the Wolves are looking for. And in 2023-24, I don't know how many NBA teams are looking for looking for that particular skill set either. Uh, but all it takes is one team to say, hey, look, he's worth a two-way. You know, he he did some good things in Portland a couple years ago and give him a shot. I just, I'd be surprised if it was with Minnesota, but it's been fun to watch him. Um, all right, let's wrap up with, I really want to get to DJ Carton. I talked about him a lot the other day and he flashed again in this game. Like there were some things that weren't great, but I thought in general he flashed. And then also for Ron Hunt, who we've talked about too. I like his, uh, uh, I like what he's brought to the table. And I think each of those guys could be a surprise, somewhat surprise two-way option for the Wolves. So we'll get to that here next. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is also brought to us by our friends over at Bird Dogs. I'm actually wearing a pair of Bird Dogs right now. Um, I don't think I'm in a great spot to to show them off right now, but um, they are fantastic. They are essentially, they feel just like athletic shorts or basketball shorts, but they, they look like khaki shorts. Like literally what I did today is I woke up, I went and did some stuff with the kids and I wore these shorts, um, out and about. And now I'm just sitting around the house wearing them. Oftentimes, if you wear regular khaki shorts, you get home and you put on basketball shorts, at least I would, or sweatpants or whatever, cause they're way more comfy. I'm still wearing bird dogs because they feel like basketball shorts. I'm going to get up, run some errands later. I'm going to still be wearing these bird dogs on the weekends. Same thing around the house, run to the store, come home, go out with friends, whatever. You can wear bird dogs anywhere and they feel like you're wearing basketball shorts. They're not that stiff, restricting cotton that you often see with uh, with khaki shorts or any other regular shorts. Go to birddogs.com right now to get yourself a pair. Birddogs.com slash NBA. Enter the promo code LockdownNBA for a free Yeti style tumbler. I also have one of those and it's fantastic. It works great. Birddogs.com slash LockdownNBA or promo code LockdownNBA for a free Yeti style tumbler. You seriously will not want to take your bird dogs off. I can promise you that. All right, wrapping up today's show by talking about DJ Carton and Farhan Hunt, who have been my two favorite kind of, I don't want to say under the radar guys, because I think they flash pretty consistently, but we'll say non-roster guys, right? Uh, you know, that's what I've been kind of calling the non-minute Miller, Moore, 
guys, um, and even some of the other players that we saw play more frequently last year in, in summer league. I mean, I guess DJ Carton was on the uh, the G League team on the Iowa Wolves last year for the Wolves. But let's start there. DJ Carton, like he was a little sloppier in this game. It wasn't as tight of a performance as we saw last time out where he was just dishing and playing great defense. This was more of a highs and lows game. He had a couple of seriously wow plays, smart passes, more good hit-ahead passes in transition. Ended with seven assists, only two turnovers. I believe he had seven assists the other day as well. Um, and there were some issues. Like he had a couple, he had, I think his one foul that he committed was was kind of a bad foul. Uh, oh, that was that tough one at the end of the game. That wasn't really his fault um, when the Hawks were were actually kind of trying to cement the win at the end. Uh, Carton committed a foul. I didn't, I didn't think it was a good call. Um, but... It was just a little sloppier. Like the shot selection wasn't great. He lost the ball a couple of times. But the 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 peaks were were real peaks, even if there were some valleys in this game. 13 points on four of nine shooting, one of four outside the arc, four of five at the line, seven assists, just one rebound in a team high 31 minutes, which isn't great. One steal, a couple of blocks, two turnovers. Um, there was one point in time he turned down a three-point opportunity, traveled with the ball, should have shot it. Then later he hit a deep three as the Wolves were kind of coming back in the fourth quarter. That was an impressive shot. Uh, he did have kind of an awkward looking clunker for mid range. And that, that's what I mean. Like there were some like he had an and one in the first half that was ridiculous. Felt contact through the ball, the rim, made it, got to the line. Um, I think the athleticism, the length, he's not big. He's not super tall, but he has athleticism and length um, and the ability to to really play a combo guard role. He can score. He can distribute. I think he could defend a little bit. I don't know how consistent that's going to be over the course of a season. But I like DJ Carton, and I would be excited if the Wolves gave him a two-way deal. I don't know what his role would be at the NBA level, but um, at least not right now. But him in a pinch to just come in and, again, do stuff, wreak havoc, be athletic, uh, and still have some feel with the ball in his hands, I like DJ Carton a lot. And I, I hope he's with the Iowa Wolves again this year if the Wolves don't give him a two-way. But look out for him. Um, you know, if, if, he, if the Wolves don't hang on to him, he's going to be somewhere, and I think he's going to play NBA minutes this year for the first time. Um, you know, he was out of Iowa State, played in the G League all last year with the Iowa Wolves. But I, I'm a big DJ Carton fan. For Ron Hunt, he's the guy who signed a 10-day or two with the New Orleans Pelicans last year. Didn't play for them, but then got into a couple games with the Knicks later in the year. Was in the G League for most of the last couple seasons. For Ron Hunt is really athletic and a really strong kind of like role player type guy. He reminds me of a bigger version in some ways of Josh Okogie, where he's just kind of all over the place. Athletic. Uh, bigger and longer than Okogi, I believe. Uh, 11 points in this game on 5 of 10 shooting. They were, I think, all in the paint. One of three at the line. Three assists, a couple rebounds, a steal and a block. He got beat a couple times late, but in general, his calling card is defense and athleticism. And I thought he still showed those things in this game. He actually probably makes more sense as a two-way player for the Wolves. Um, I know they have Jalen Clark, but he's not going to play this year, at least not until like late, late next season. And uh, the Wolves have Luca Garza. So they're likely going to have some sort of a guard, which is why you could argue for both Farhan Hunt or um, uh, DJ Carton. I think because Farhan Hunt, of those three, like Garza's kind of fits the bill of the solid solid player who's going to see some minutes at the NBA level. He can fill in in a pinch, but you're not under pressure to give him rotation minutes. I think Farhan Hunt in some ways is the wing version of that, the, the forward version of that, where like you're not going to feel pressure to put him on the floor, but if somebody's hurt, if somebody gets into foul trouble and you have him on your bench, you feel good about sending him out there to get you a stop and using his athleticism in the, in the open court in the fast break, getting loose balls, 50, 50 balls, just being active. Uh, that's the type of role he could play. He played 20 minutes in this game and, and it felt like they were all in the second half that not actually, but 
but mostly, I think, I don't think they were all actually, it felt like they were all in the second half, but he was all over the floor. Um, and the, the three assists was a pleasant surprise. He's not a high usage guy, even though he shot the ball 10 times. That's not typically his role, but he was active as a cutter. And so he just had opportunities. He was active, you know, trying to get on the offensive glass. He only had one offensive board, but it just felt like he was round the ball a lot. And I keep going back to that. That's what the Wolves need this season after not having much of it last year. So Ferran Hunt and DJ Carton, to me, have been the most fun to watch them as kind of not unexpected, but unheralded type guys. And, um, you know, I'll be curious to see what what uh, if either one of them gets an opportunity to two way deal when the summer league thing's all said and done. All right, that's all we have for you today on the show. We, of course, will be back on Friday to talk about Thursday night's game, Wolves game. I believe it's an 8 p.m. tip in uh, at the final preliminary round game for the Wolves and Summer League. So we'll talk about that on Friday's show. A lot more coming up next week, of course. We're still daily throughout the month of July. A big thank you to those of you that do make this show your first listen every day. Of course, this show is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms, wherever you like to listen to podcasts. You can find this one. You can also watch on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app on both Roku and Amazon. On Fire TV. You can also follow on Twitter at Locked on T Wolves and also at B Beacon with two B's, two E's, C K E N. Of course, the Locked on Wolves podcast is part of the Locked on Podcast Network. The Locked on Network is your local experts on all your favorite stories. And uh, once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Locked on Wolves podcast. We'll catch you next time.